Hello and welcome to the Living Hope Wesleyan podcast. If you would like more information about Living Hope Wesleyan Church, please visit our website at hopeforvermont.org. As well as if you're enjoying these podcasts, check out the live streams at Hope for Vermont on YouTube. I hope you enjoy today's podcast. So a quick confession, uh, last Sunday as I was completing the Sunday evening sermon and as I was looking ahead for this week, I uh, first was a little bit discouraged, I was a little bit disappointed. It's something that we've been going through. I'm not sure if I have a slide for this or not, uh, but it seems as though that you are, well, maybe I do. No, I do not. I have what this says here. And as I turn to Hebrews 10, it said, a call to persevere. I was a little disappointed, discouraged, disappointed, uh, not quite depressed. But as you look at how things used to be, all the positive momentum, and then you look now and it's just different. But being okay with different, and then this passage here where it says, a call to persevere, a call to persevere. What a great hope that is, that we have a call on our lives to persevere. We have uh, intention on our lives that we would move forward. And so we read this call to persevere. Here it is. I was correct. Languishing. There's a sense of disappointment, discouragement, or depression, this languished feeling of loss, of sorrow, of not quite mourning, but of uncertainty. But Jesus says that we can persevere. Jesus says that there's some hope for us, and that hope is found as we look at Hebrews 10. This is 10 at 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, this is the call to persevere, that we have a hope to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. This most holy place is a reference to the temple where before only the high priest could go in. But now because of Jesus' sacrifice, because of our profession of faith, our confession that we are in need of him to forgive us, we can enter this place because because of Jesus' sacrifice, because of Jesus' obedience to his Father. And so we can go with great confidence, with even boldness, Scripture says, and go and enter and say, God, I come boldly, but also humbly. I come with great attention to my need for you, with great affection for what you have done for me, with great love and grace for the hope that you give to me, but I walk understanding that if it wasn't for the blood of your son Jesus, I could not enter the most holy place. I would still be offering these sacrifices. But Jesus says now obedience is greater than sacrifice. So we have this confidence that we can enter this most holy place. And in verse 20, it says, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body by the death and resurrection, the ascension and now intercession of Jesus. We have this certainty, this love, this new and living way. It's not new and then it gets old and then you end up putting it in a yard sale and no Nobody wants it because it's broke down, and so they end up taking it to Goodwill, and Goodwill might sell it for a dollar or something you purchase for your child for a hundred dollars with great joy on their face when they first open it, but it no longer has that joy. Jesus is different. We continue to have that joy because he is new and he is alive. He is the new and living way that we can enter 
Jesus because the curtain was torn. And this is a reference to in Matthew chapter 27, verse 51, where it says the curtain of the temple was torn. We start with verse 50, though. When Jesus has cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. Sometimes we jump to the conclusion the curtain was torn. How exciting that we have access to the most holy place with great boldness because of Jesus. But Jesus on the cross cried out in a loud voice and he gave up his spirit. He said, Daddy, where'd you go? He was covered with our sin. And then after he said, Daddy, it is finished. It's complete. It's done. I have fulfilled your calling on my life. And he gave up his spirit. And at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. The earth shook and the rocks split. Jesus had accomplished it. The curtain had turned. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, we find these words in 20 to the great high priest Jesus. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. And some of you are probably looking at the clock, looking down, seeing we're on verse 22. You read the comment that this text for today was verse 19 through 25. So you're getting pretty excited because we're winding down. Well, we are winding down, but there is so much in this scripture. Let us draw near to God. That means to come to, to approach, to agree to. Draw near to God with a sincere heart. With a sincere heart. We need to go to God. We need to approach his throne boldly, confidently, with great meekness, the Beatitudes speak of, with great humility, knowing it's not about us, but we can go boldly because we understand the sacrifice of Jesus made it possible for us to enter into, to approach, to agree to God's will with a sincere heart. This word sincere means true or genuine. This word heart in the Greek, it's defined as the heart or mind, a seat of thought and emotion. This makes me think of the emotionally healthy discipleship with so many questions about defining the words emotionally healthy discipleship. What are we talking about? What is this referring to? Well, join us Wednesdays at 7 via Zoom, hopefully in person soon. But the seat of thought and emotion, that's where we approach God. We draw to God with the seat of thought and emotion, our hearts and minds focused on him to see what he can do with full assurance that faith will cleanse this assurance of faith, this faithfulness, its belief. We have full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. This word guilty means evil, wicked, bad, or even crime, that it cleanses us, that it wipes clean, that God remembers it no more. He chooses not to hold it against us. It's clean. It's sprinkled to cleanse God's blood. We, we only need a sprinkling of God's blood, of his son Jesus' blood. But Jesus had to give all of his life 
all completely so that we would have that freedom. But that freedom is so immense. It's so great. It's so beautiful. It's so wonderful. It's so huge and incomprehensible. But all that all we need is to know God loves us. He is for us. And because he is for us, he offers us this gift. And if we receive this gift, it cleanses us from all wickedness, all evil, all wicked. If you've committed a crime, if you've been bad, Jesus says, you are wiped clean. You are new. You are seen through my eyes, Jesus, who gave us life that you might have abundant and eternal life. That's the hope that we have. And when it talks about being washed with pure water, this is having a bath being immersed, being washed to the point that you are clean, you are pure. You have a clear sense of responsibility. You are innocent. You are innocent. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. Draw near, approach, or agree. Sincere, true, genuine heart. Is your mind seat of thought and emotion, full assurance of faith, faithfulness belief, guilt, that's the guilty conscience is no more, the evil, wicked, bad, the crime is gone. You have been washed. You've taken a bath with pure water that cleans you. You are clear of responsibility. In God's eyes, you are innocent. That is the hope that we have. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Hold fast possess, be bound to, hold on to, hold to, unswervingly, not being distracted, not being tossed about. That's why we have an anchor for the soul, as we read last week. We have an anchor that holds us, though we might be tossed a little bit. We are not thrown off course because the anchor is grounded, is dug in. Let us hold unswervingly to that expectation that we profess, that we confess, that we acknowledge for he who promised is faithful. He who promised we can lay claim to, we can believe in, we can know that he is trustworthy, that he is reliable, that he is believing. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess and he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. We go to Hebrews 10, 24. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Spur one another on toward love and good deeds. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Spur on one another. As you may have heard me share before, a horse that is not going does not like a spur. But a cowboy knows if he wants to get that horse going to spur it might motivate or be an incentive for that horse to move. That simple pain that might seem a lot to the horse, might seem a lot to us, it's spurring us on so that we can move forward. 
We spur on toward love, which is a love feast in the original language. In the Greek, it's a feast. It's not just, oh, you get a little love to get by. You get a little something to be okay. But it's a feast. You can feast. You can gorge yourself on the love of God. You can't get enough of the love of God. You can eat and eat. You don't have to save a room so you're hungry for the next meal. You can receive all of God's love and know there's more love so you can give love and pursue love and share love with others, love and good deeds. And it's so interesting that deeds is kind of an add-on. It's supposed to say love and good. Love and good to, to spur one another on toward love and what's right, what's beautiful, what's fine, what's excellent. Love and, and good deeds. This is what we spur one another on toward love and good. Love and good deeds. Hebrews, we, we find these words. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. We talk about creating community and communicating care. How can we be creative? How can we use whatever means necessary besides sitting to introduce Jesus, to engage people, to interact people with the love of God? How can we intersect their lives to engage them and to interact with people, the love of Jesus, to let them know that you belong as a creation of God, as you begin to understand that you are a masterpiece, that God has per created you for a purpose, that you have a why to live, you have a why to give, you have a why to be who God called you to be, and then you can believe him as Savior, you can believe him as Lord, and then you can become his disciple. We are his followers, we are his chosen, we are his people, a call to persevere. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching, all the more as you see the day approaching, let us not give up meeting together. Well, this certainly means more than, it's greater than just the Sunday worship service. It's more than meeting together just on Sunday morning or Thursday night or whatever you have, your corporate worship service. This is meeting together as the family of God, the body of Christ, where we bear our burdens together, where we share our sins and we ask for God's forgiveness and we lift one another up and we encourage each other because he is so good. It says, let us in verse 25, it says we in verse 24, we may spur one another on. Us may, or we, these are the two words I want us to look at. Let us, we may. This is not to be done alone. This is not to be done individually, but this is to know that we together as a body of Christ, the family of God, the people that have chosen Jesus, that follow Jesus, we need to work together to get along, to understand there are distinctives between different denominations, distinctives that are different from ours. That is why it's called a distinctive. But we as the body of Christ, if they're not against us, then we can work together and say that Jesus is Savior that Jesus has forgiven your sins. All you need to do is receive that forgiveness, walk in his freedom, and know his healing as we grow and mature 
as his followers because he no longer calls us slaves, but he calls us friends. That's why we do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another. And even more as we see the day of God approaching, encourage one another. Encourage means in the Greek to ask, beg, or plead. To encourage means to comfort, to encourage, to exhort, or to urge. It means to call and invite others. And all the more as you see the day of God's return approaching, as you see what's taking place in history, as you see what's going on across the nation, as you look over the street and you see your neighbors let us encourage them by asking, begging. Yes, this is what the original word meant in the Greek. That's The Bible wasn't written in King James. It was written in Hebrew, Greek, Aramaic. It means to ask, beg, plead, comfort, encourage, exhort, urge, call, and invite. And what if we began to call or text or use social media, email to encourage one another? that we shared scripture verses, that we shared as sermons, whether they're mine or somebody else. There's many other pastors that speak much more eloquently and better, frankly, than I do, that give you much depth to God's word. What if we started to share those with one another and even others that do not know Jesus, they don't know his hope, his forgiveness, but they just want to know that life is more than getting through. A pandemic. I was especially encouraged by the final definition to call to invite. What if we called people and asked how they were doing? What if we sent a text message and said, I'm praying for you? Or is there something specific I can pick up for you at the grocery store? We started to ask, how can we show God's love in a practical way to our neighbors that do not know him? And if they would just taste and see that God is good, they would hunger and thirst after his righteousness. If we would just do that, we would just know and understand that it isn't about doing something for God, but simply being his chosen, being his masterpiece being forgiven. We can't help but keep it to ourselves, but we call and invite others into his richness. And we do it boldly, not because we're special, but, but we can't help ourselves but share, whether it's vocally or text or we send a video, however we do it, we're bold about telling people, Jesus, save me. Jesus, gave me great purpose. Jesus is my hope. He's my assurance. And I want to encourage you. I want to call you. I want to comfort you. I'm pleading. I'm begging that you would just know that God is for you, that Jesus loves you. And all the more as you see the day approaching. A call to persevere friends, a call to persevere, church, a call to know that we are not alone, but God is with us and we can approach his throne and know him. In Hebrews, it says, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me with burnt offerings and sin offerings. 
you are not pleased. And it goes on to share that God is not requiring sacrifice. He desires obedience. So let us obey and not give up meeting together as believers, as people, as the body of Christ, the family of God, encouraging one another. And even more as we see the day of Christ approaching. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you have not given up on us. We thank you that your call to persevere, you say with great hope that you have strength for us. And though we seem weak, we feel disappointed, we are languishing or depressed, we can find that you, in you we have strength and joy to overcome and to be and become your ambassadors. So God, we say thank you. We dare say we love you. We are grateful for your love. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Let it be done. Let it be done, church. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Living Hope Wesleyan Church, make sure to visit hopeforvermont.org. As well as don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Living Hope Wesleyan Church, where you can catch live stream versions of these services as well as other content. Have a great day.